Hey guys, this is Ray Cash Care, former Navy SEAL, motivational speaker, and life coach. Guys, you are listening and watching the Burn Down podcast. Check it out. Boom. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest, he is a burned-down veteran. Besides being a Navy SEAL veteran, he's also a burned-down podcast veteran. He's a motivational speaker, fitness coach, and obviously, most importantly, a Navy SEAL, and that is no other than Ray Cash Care. What's going on, brother? Welcome back. What's up, guys? It's been a minute. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, well, glad glad to have you. Appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule. You're the, you know, wake up early, go to bed late kind of guy and just grinding. So we appreciate you taking the time to sit with us on the burn down. Dude, we have been grinding hard. Mama's mama's liking the paychecks, but she doesn't like me being away. So it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, you got to find that balance. You got to find know. the balance indeed, man. <laughs> just ordered her a new car so she's not complaining too much so we'll see yeah there you go right say like, hey honey she's like hey why do you wait away so much hold on here's a new car oh okay all right thank yeah. you <laughs> eases the pain you know, a little bit funny. I, know, I know we'll, we'll get into it people think i make a lot more money than i do i do okay but a lot of the tiktokers think you know oh that's what you do with all your money yeah of you know, course but it's yeah fun. they don't understand sure, right? the internet the internet is they, a wild they, place the internet's a wild place they make a lot of assumptions as you already know. i hate it i just i i just i actually put something up there today me cussing somebody out i said because i know all you sissy bitches missed me here you go <laughs> <laughs> Well, it looks like I don't know if this is the same room that we interviewed you a couple of years ago in, but it looks like it's at least a new room or renovated room. It's yeah. a new. We we had to upgrade, so it's. I've got all my stuff. I need a bigger one. We're getting ready to put the wood trim in the back. Got McTeams, this you know, uh, famous bell back here. Yep. Got my booze. My cigars are over there. I can't smoke in the house, but yeah, we're my. You know, always got to have your. Some of the things I had to do today, the knockoff, I just get that all done. Just some, just, um, some just a few, you know, yeah. just fifteen or twenty things. That sounds. It looks like Most a light. It looks like a light day for you, people. right? Fifteen, twenty items it is a light, a light day. day. You gotta. <laughs> I, I still have to get a run in. Those cigars, you guys are just like rubbing it in my face because I can't <laughs> smoke in the house. Well, well, I mean, if you're if you're renovating, why don't you put in a cigar lounge? <laughs> put a big fan in there. Put some exhaust system in. Yeah, you tried telling that to him for Brooklyn. <laughs> I think gonna happen. I'm gonna say the conversation My, probably uh, we, already already happened, right? <laughs> we did just build a beautiful deck, so she's like, "There's your there you your go. humidor and everything's out there." So that's where I smoke at. But <laughs> hey, I, I have the woods; it's beautiful. That's awesome. Little glass. I think I got a little uh, the upper scale JMO right there. You know, it's beautiful. In case thing. of emergency, or glass. There you go. In case of emergency, exactly. Yeah. So it's good to have you back on. We see, you know, we see you're growing, we're growing. You know, you know, we have our own cigar yeah. brand now. You have your own fitness motivational uh, company going on, which we want to know more about. But uh, for the people who... I want to know more about the cigars, too. Oh, so, we'll, we'll yeah, definitely... we're going to have to order some, put them in my humidor oh, over of course. here. Of course. Of Easily. course. We, I mean, we sold out. We just we just got the next production coming in soon. Um, so it's things have been rocking and rolling with the blueprints, baby. Yeah, man. So, so for the people who are listening and watching who don't know Ray Cash is, if you do, mm. now you sh- now you should know, or you should be at least recognize who. I the mean, man if is. you're a fan of the Burnout Podcast, you should already know, of course, who Ray who Cash is. You I know, mean, he is sure. everywhere. But if you could tell the people, we already know who you are, what your background is. But give us a little bit of who Ray Cash Care is, where you came from, you know, where you are today, how you got there. 
So uh, 51 years young, uh, Baltimore native, uh, residing in Virginia Beach with my beautiful wife and daughter. Um, you know, it's funny. People think I'm aggressive and angry. I'm very passionate about what I do. I love life. Um, enjoying the finer things. I'm frothing at the mouth watching you two light up right now. But it's okay. <laughs> we apologize, um, brother. And I'm just happy. And I'm just creating, you know, creating growth. I'm doing a lot of coaching right now. Um, I'm switching from one-on-one to group coaching. One-on-one is just a pain in the ass for me. Um, doing a lot of speaking, man. I'm grinding, doing motivational speeches. I've got like three this month, three next month. Going to be on ESPN um, in July, June, one of those months. Um, just, you know, working with all calibers of individuals from Fortune 500 CEOs, um, TCU, I talked to them before they got their ass handed to them, uh, to, you know, just regular Tom, Dick and Harry, who are just trying to um, kind of reignite that, that, that internal flame that's gone dog, you know, with all the bullshit and, and crap that's going on with the world, you know, uh, big shout out to Kid Rock for shooting up the Bud Light. I know that'll I, probably get I just off. saw that video today. My brother just sent me that today because my brother loves um, he loves Kid Rock and he loves Bud Light. He's like, well, if Kid Rock doesn't like it, then I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be with Bob 16 through 18 of April. So we're going to be at a golf event and then he's uh, doing a charity event, uh, excuse me, a comedy charity event. So I'll be there with like Gunnar Peterson and big fitness guy and a bunch of other people. So we'll be uh, hanging out there. Excited. Yeah. Bob's so- good people. Just to be get Bob or Kid Rock. How did you guys, how did you guys link up? How did you guys become friends? I met him many, many, many moons ago when I was working for the CIA in Ramadi. He was with um, Robin Williams, Lance Armstrong, Louis Black. They were doing a um, USO tour. And then we rekindled with the great and powerful Rob O'Neill. Um, him and I mean, he was in Rob's in Rob's wedding, not at it, but in it. So uh, we just kind of remember the old days, started talking. A few beers were drank. Next thing you know, John Daly's hitting a golf ball off my mouth and we never look back. That is so, I remember that story from last uh from last time we had you on the show, and that's just I mean, I, I personally think that John Daly is probably one of the most uh natural, naturally gifted golfers. He's probably got the most raw talent. He just doesn't really give a shit and just kind of <laughs> drinks the you know, drinks how many rum and coke, smokes three packs of cigarettes, he just goes out and hits the ball. Um but that's just a great story. Like, hey, you know, I had a golf outing. I had a couple beers. Next thing you know, I put a, tea, a ball in my mouth, and John Daly hit the fucking golf ball out of my mouth. Things escalated quickly. But, you know, that's what happens when you run with that crowd. Just there I was, or you don't have a hair on your ass unless. And, um, you know, that was a good day. We raised 11, I raised $11,000 for charity. Uh, I broke the club push-up record that some young some young kid did. And then I actually went against the, the champion last year. So Same let me. So you, I, I've been seeing you've been doing that a lot. You've been doing this push-up challenge. Anytime somebody challenges you to a push-up, you just yeah. go one for one until somebody gives up, right? Yes. Has anybody yeah. given you a run for your money? Oh yeah, a couple guys. Andre Rush, Chef Rush. They they broke us up at the Venetian. That that was going. We were four or five minutes into halfway down, halfway up, halfway down, halfway up. You know. Um, has anybody beat? Has anybody beaten you? Dog. Has anybody beaten you? Not yet. Not yet. But, you know, I get a lot of shit. Oh, you don't, you don't, the, you don't challenge the right people. I don't challenge anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people course. challenge me 
And that's, you know, it, I'm going to get beat, but here's, there's, there's certain rules. Listen, you're challenging me. Then it's my rules. You do them my way. I don't, people like you cheat. No, we're not just doing this. I'm going to time under tension, time under load. That's how I get people. Time so how, how many pushups did you do when, uh, when, um, uh, what's his name again? Chef, Chef Rush. Chef Rush. How many? How many do you think Rush. you did? The most I've ever done. I don't think it wasn't with Chef when I went toe to toe. I beat a guy, a Marine. I think I stopped at one thirty six. One thirty six slow wow. controlled. Wow. wow. Push up. Super. We were kind of all the way, all the way up, but not not like perfect. But you know, we were moving at the end. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I, you know. Uh, he was a young Marine, um, but I started slow and then, you know, I kind of, I, I used his power against him is what I do. Sure. I just know when to speed up and when to slow down. I run the tempo, but I'm 51. You know, people are like, oh, you're cheating. I'm like, fucking 23 years old. I'm 51. Really? <laughs> it's like, if, so, like they, they should like in, in the grant, like you should. Give me a run for my money. I'm twice your age. Okay, you should be able to do that many yeah. push-ups. Okay, no <laughs> doubt. Well, I'd beat you if we did it my way. You know, I told him when you're holding the crown for six years, go ahead. Until then, shut up. I That's mean, it. um, and it's funny when I'm with Andre Rush. You know, he's a monster. Two seventy six four. He's a monster. His arms are this big. When we're walking, they go push up, King. And I'm actually a couple months older than Andre. Go if you, he looks like shit. He just looks old. Love you, Andre, but you, you look older. You need to moisturize or something. <laughs> but I go the big one or little one, and they always go the little one. So I turn around, and then Andre, you know, kind of gets me going. And yeah, he's I, the he's the guy that's on off. Instagram. He does with the with the knife. He does a lot of the knife. Was, like yeah, he has yeah. a huge bodybuilder guy. You no, know, there's a new streaming app, uh, Tubi, and uh, he has a show on there that was I was actually watching him. He's like you know he's like another like celebrity. Um, what do you call it? Uh, celebrity chef, and he goes like kind of like he's a, got uh, his hands and everything. He hangs out with Kevin Hart, and uh, he's hilarious. Chef, chef, uh, who's the mean one? Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Gordon Ramsay on Instagram, where he starts yelling at me. You've been hanging out with fucking Gordon Ramsay too long, <laughs> pointing at me, and then he starts yelling, and I'm like, it got real, you know? Because I always challenge him. And he's always doing something. I was like, you know, the dog fucking ate your homework, blah blah blah. You always got an excuse, and That's then it. he was just like. Yeah, he so, uh, that, but he's the buttons. He's uh, that sh the show. I forgot the name of the show, but I, it's on that streaming app Tubi, and he he's like Gordon Ramsay and uh, who's a uh, bar rescue? Uh, John Taffer, like put together. He like goes into these restaurants yep. and like takes the military mentality to fix these restaurants up, and he uses like push-ups as a way to like discipline the owners. And I'm like, and they're like, what? I cook burgers. Like, why am I gonna get on the floor? And he's like, get on the ground and do push-ups right now. I'm like. This is crazy. He's like, yeah, it's like, go it's like Gordon Ramsay, John Taffer, but he looks like, you know, Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> exactly. He's huge. And he has got a heart of gold. He will, he can't walk three feet without getting a picture, and he will stop and do it every time with every person. He's just that guy of that yeah. caliber, See, you know? That's, that's, that's really good to hear because a lot of times these guys that, that blow up, they're super famous. They, you only see what is portrayed on social media, right? Or what's portrayed on, you know, yeah. YouTube or the TV. That's all you see, right? But then if you meet them, you know, personally on the street, they might be assholes. Yeah. And, you know, nine times out of ten, that's why they know, say they're it. assholes. So it's nice to hear that, okay, somebody who has become, you know, this famous chef, 
is just every, no matter who it is, it could be every thirty seconds. Yeah, no problem. I'll take a picture with you. Mm-hmm. Really humble guy, really yep. sweet guy. It's great to hear that there's still people like that. Yeah, you never know. Who, you never yeah, know what your superhero is going to be like. That's why sometimes they say be cautious of meeting your superhero or your hero because they could be end up being a dick and not the nice guy on TV. Boom. But uh, I wanted to ask you. I was watching a show recently. So I, you know, we first came across. I first came across you from the selection, the show on the History Channel of putting the thirty average Joe Schmoes through budge training, and then they recently came out with a show called uh, Special Forces. Have you have you seen that? Yeah, it's got Rudy Reyes and uh, uh, I can never say his name, Remy. Yeah, I just call him Remy. They take like the, the, the they take like great celebrities, guy. Great of mine. all different military yeah, branches, and they have like Mike Piazza, Danny Amendola, Spice Girls. And they put them through, you know, I, I don't, I didn't think as rugged training as you put the other people on your show did, but it was, uh, it was very interesting. I was actually very surprised with some of the people that actually passed that show, but, uh, it wasn't as intense, but I, I want to see if, you know, if you watch it, if you what your thoughts are on that. I have, I've watched it. I'm good friends with both, both got two of the individuals on there. I've actually, uh, all three of us trained the American rugby team together. Uh, both great class acts i got i can't say a bad thing about either of them oh i thought it was done great it was uh yeah you know they had a bigger budget i wish we would have a bigger budget um i don't think you could have asked for a better um group i don't know the sf guys that do it i've heard nothing but good things about them but yeah i think the show was done good and uh it was challenging and you know um what i like is you know you'll see rudy you know strap up and go to work and you know they you know uh, Remy climbed that ladder or climbed that rope out of the water. I was like, damn, he still got it, man. So, uh, and we're not spring chickens anymore. You know, Rudy and I are the same age. Uh, Rem's right around our age, if not just maybe a year younger. But, you know, so we're all pushing late 40s, early 50s. I'll leave it at that. So, but still I mean, getting it done. Yeah, you know? but it goes to show, you know, if you put your body, yes. body through the normal keeping it healthy, eating right, working out, you know, you can last a lot longer than, you know, what society says average human beings should do when, you know, when it comes to physicality. Exactly. I mean, when you look, you know, like you said, you're you're 50, 51 years old, but your proof of the pudding right here is everybody says, oh, you know, fit, you're on the back nine, you know, just wait until you get older, you'll see what happens. Like, no, your proof right here that you keep yourself in good shape, right? You wake up early, you go to bed late, you're, so you're probably not getting the the – suggested amount of sleep that everybody says oh you need eight to nine hours of sleep you're like no fuck that i'm getting five hours of sleep but i'm still putting my body through hell i'm making sure i eat healthy i'm making sure i'm training i make sure i'm disciplined i'm focused and look look what happens you're 51 and you're doing 135 push-ups in a row so what are they saying now still got a three mile run when we're done with this yep <laughs> exactly right so what are they saying yeah, now tell me all the negative shit you want to tell me but i'm 51 and i'm still in the best shape of my life putting in the work you know, I used to hear that, and then when I was proving them all wrong or beating them, now it's you're short. You know, I'm five seven two oh five. I'm like, that's what you're coming at me with. Like, whatever. People are always going to find a reason to bitch or pick about something, and it's not because they're mad at you. I've learned this from some. You know, Mike O'Hearn's one of my mentors. I talk to him all the time. He's like, do you know how much hate mail I get? Tim Kennedy, all these guys. I'm like, how can you guys get hate mail? They're like. Everybody gets hate mail because when you're successful, when you're doing something right, it pisses people off because they're doing a lot of shit wrong. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're angry about it. And, you know, like I tell people, if, if you're overweight or you're fat, right? Welcome. Welcome. If you're fat, you're fat. If you're overweight, you're overweight. Um, stop drinking so much. Stop eating like shit. Go to the gym. If you can't afford a gym membership, push ups, sit ups. If you can't do this, there's always a way to get better. 
and there's always someone that's going to bitch to try to put you down. I, I love it. I, I answer, you know, I, I, I've put a few posts up that have gone super viral, super vicious. <laughs> and the only time I respond to them, pardon me, is when I'm going to the bathroom, taking a deuce. I'm just like, oh, let's just answer a few of these. <laughs> um, but I honestly do not care what anybody thinks about me except my wife and my daughter. Um, no one. Absolutely. No, no fucks are given. I mean, and I've been told this from Priscilla to Milet, Coolian to Fleshman to Whalen. I mean, all these, I hang out with all the big names and they're just like, do you, you know, as long as your family's proud of you, man, you're doing it right. I'm like, Roger that. And uh, I'm branching off doing my own thing right now and I'm seeing it. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a, good. Amen to that, man. Because no I've always said that too is either you'll find a way or you'll find an excuse, right? If like you said, if you're overweight, if you're fat, I'm sorry, you're overweight, you're fat. There, you can you can change it. You 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 weren't born, you know, 400 pounds. You ate your way into 400 pounds. You were lazy. You lazied your way into 400 pounds, right? Eat a salad. Go for a walk. Do some push-ups, right? There's things that you can do to better your situation. But people are lazy and they don't want to do that, so they just want to point the finger back. Oh well, you had a better life, or you have better genes, or you have better this, or you have. It's like no, stop being a fucking excuse whore and do something about it no. make a change and and society has like done this pendulum switch where my wife can wear the same dress as a 240 pound woman who doesn't take care of herself and society will look at the the heavy set girl will look at my wife like when yeah. really you know she's hanging out this dress my wife puts in the work but you know and that's the thing it doesn't it doesn't come without a price you know like yeah you know, I ran to get some stuff done. I got it. I still got to get a three mile run in. I worked out today. Wife's doing this, but you know, we're up fucking grinding, hitting the gym five, six days a week. Something, you know, um, I just, I, I'm, I'm tired of driving to the gym. So I just recently had Bruce Fort's brute for strength owned by two of my friends, Mark Devine and Jeff sent me out a bunch of gear. I, I did a video lab yesterday. Who am I doing the video with? My daughter, 14 years old. We're out in the front lawn throwing sandbags around people I, are looking at us like i'm crazy yeah and, and and that's the thing you know when you're when you're not doing the norm if you're not just if you're if you're only not going to the gym which is okay but if you tend to work out by yourself or work out with logs or work out with sandbags people are like you know why are you doing that that's like weird like it's like well it's what works for me it doesn't mean to work for you but you know it's the same amount of weight so what's the fucking difference yeah and and like to your point is people are always find a reason to not do it, right? They'll say, oh, well, I don't have a fancy gym like you do. Okay, well, go to Target and get a freaking set of dumbbells and work. Oh, I can't afford dumbbells. All right, well, then do push-ups. Oh, well, my shoulder hurts. Okay, well, then walk on yeah. a treadmill. Oh, well, I don't have a treadmill. Then go up and down your fucking stairs a hundred times. <laughs> oh, I don't have stairs. All right, well, then do air squats. Like, stop finding an excuse. Figure out a way to, I remember in when COVID first happened and they shut down all the gyms, right? I was in my backyard lifting propane tanks because that's all I fucking had. I was doing curls with two propane tanks because mm -hmm. I had nothing else. I was doing dips on a bench. I was doing push-ups. I was doing box jumps on my on my little bar out here. I have a little like concrete bar. I was doing. You figure out a way. Yeah. But so many people are just they're they're like just excuse driven. That's all they look for is excuses. Fio, figure it out. I'm I'm a big I'm a big owner of that. You know, and it's. In today's society, it's not really hard 
to be outstanding, to be in shape, because so many people are doing, sorry, I got um, so little, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about this. Um, this is the wife. I apologize. I have to make sure she's no, listen, okay. She drove hey, somewhere. She, um, she comes first, but, man. <laughs> you know, like, you know, Jesse, so you've heard the 100-hour the rule. You've heard the 100-hour rule, right? I have. I have not. Yes, you guys know what the 100-hour rule is? Uh, I have not heard that. If you spend 18 minutes a day for a year, you become better One than One year, you yeah. will be 95% better than everybody else in the population at that one thing. specific thing. Yes, yes. So my thing is, is try, go for a walk for 18 minutes a day or do 10 push-ups and then do this or read a book on business or just pick something. You know, and the reason why I hone in so much on the physicality is it's this. Um, do you guys have wives? Do you have fe- people mm-hmm. in your life, right? Yes. Women? Yeah. Yes, wives. Yeah, yep. both, both married. So, yes. When I met my wife, listen, we can we can beat around the bush all we want. You were physically attracted to her. She was physically attracted to you, whether it was the eyes, the ass, this, that. As men, we're, right, we're animalistic. We look, we hunt. Yep. We see a woman that takes care of herself. The reason why we're so attracted to that is because it's, it's the rawest and rarest form of discipline. A woman takes care of herself, right? Like when my wife met me, first thing she did, when I picked her up, the car was immaculate. I was early. I wasn't on time. I was fucking early. When she eventually, because I had to work my way to get her to come to the house, the house was fucking immaculate. It's discipline. It's showing the not only respect to her, but the self-respect of who you are. I'm not going to get in a fucking car that's dirty. I'm not going to let my daughter hang out with some kid that's a fucking punk. I'm not going to do business with people that that show up. We're supposed to be somewhere at 8 that are showing up at 8. I one of my coaching clients today, they run a billion dollar company. They're a couple, four brothers. One of the brothers called me and said, Hey, um, thinking about hiring the CFO, but she showed up 30 minutes late today. Do I need to answer this? Nope. <laughs> no. How many millions of dollars passed through her hands a day? 30 minutes late. Motherfucker, when I showed up the, the interview with Pedro's cooling, I was three hours early. When I showed up to meet my wife for my first date, I was 45 minutes early. Early's on time, on time's late, and late you're fired. Absolutely. And you just apply the same mentality to everything that you do in life. You know, perfect example, I coach people. How how much time can you give me a day to go to the gym? An hour. An hour. Is that at the gym? Well, I got to drive 20 minutes to the gym. Then I got to change. Then I'm going to, you probably walk around, get on your phone. So technically you have 15, 20 minutes to work out. Well, yeah. Okay, so people have a misconception of what they really can do in the time frame that they can do it. Man, I go to the gym. I don't fucking talk to a soul. I wave. I'm there to go to work. Mm-hmm. Same thing, right? Like when I met my wife, I was <laughs> going to work, man. I, I knew what my mission was, and I get it. I And that's what people need to be, more you know, purpose-driven. I love the passion. I have passion too, but you got to be fucking purpose-driven about something. And right now, you know, my businesses are taking off. And I definitely feel it. I mean, shit, I'm gone two and three weeks out of the, between the 9th and the 25th, I'm home two days. Now I am taking the family to the Fountain Blue in Miami for a couple of days. They deserve it. Absolutely. Mom and my, my daughter are going to go shopping. I don't care. Um, but that's what's so great about being an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur is, you know, the hustle's on you, baby. You know, so I'm hustling right now and I've learned from the best. That's awesome. So I'm bringing in some big months. Doing, doing everything I need to, putting a little bit of side, 
put a little bit aside so mom and, and her, you know, of course. get their little Lee, LV, little Louis, and whatever they want to do. Of course, of course, of course. You have to. You have to. You have to. It's all good. That's what it's about. No, but, I, but I work hard for that. People are like, you're showboating. Listen, man, Wes, Wes Watson, one of my coaches, says, you know, he's got the eight supercars. He's like, listen, I work fucking hard for these cars. And I'm going to drive them. And I'm going to show people it. And he sells because everybody wants Lamborghinis and the Bentleys and the Rolls Royces and all that shit. Hey, man, whatever you're into, you know what I want? I'm in, a, I'm in a point in my life where I just want my family to have more. I'm good. I got I got my dream truck. I'm getting ready to build a dream car. Look, I want them to have it, you know? Yeah. My daughter's already looking at fucking, looking at Broncos. She's 14. <laughs> but I love You know, I love it. I love, I love being that. And the thing is, is, you know, I tell everybody, you know, even if you have a nine to five job, there's always ways to make more money, right? All you have to do is figure out what you're fucking good at, what your 5% zone of genius is. What can you do better than anybody else? And then you figure out how to monetize it. That's all you got. That's all I've done. I motivate people. I speak. I coach. I learned from the best. That's it. All I did is take what they did, put my spin on it. Now I ain't charging the money they're charging, but I'm, you know. Not yet. Not yet. yet. Exactly. To me, this not to Bedros, according to how we live, is the same, right? I mean, he's got more zeros than me, but that's okay. My zeros, I told him, I'm coming for you. And he said, come get it. That's it. See, but I like like what you said about the, you know, the fitness being, like, because you can, without ever you know, meeting somebody without saying hi to them for the first time, you can look at them and already know that they have discipline, that they're goal-driven just by the way they look, right? If you're in great shape, I know because I know how hard it is to maintain that great shape. So I can see you visually. I said, all right, I can see that you're disciplined in the gym. I can see you take care of yourself, which means you probably take care of a lot of other things in your life. Now, granted, it's not 100% true, right? There's some people that are super, super in shape, but the rest of their life is, is crap. But it's a good metric to say, like, if you're yeah. not in shape, if you treat yourself like crap and you're a lazy piece of shit, you go, what is it for the rest of your life? Why do I want to do business with you? Right. But but to your point is, it's it's not brain. It's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. It's very easy mm-hmm. to stay in yeah. shape. Like the, the the concept of staying in shape is easy. The, the, it's all there, especially with the, the technology nowadays and all the information on the Internet. It's very easy. But actually doing it is the hard oh. part. Yeah. Now well, I think your <clears throat> physical appearance tells a story. It tells a story, right? Like perfect example. I was running some errands and you know, I could have threw a hat on and had a t-shirt on, but I took that off. I wanted to look presentable. I know you two usually are in blazers and smoking and that. So I wanted to look the part, but I really think that, you know, each person, each individual on this earth has a story to tell. Um, some people go through life on autopilot and they let, other people tell the story for them. I was guilty of that. And then the, a very few of us will break out of our shell and say, you know what? Screw that, man. I'm going to write my own fucking story. I'm going to write my own ending. And I'm going to, you know, and this is not going to be, this is going to be, this isn't nonfiction, man. This is, this is real life shit. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs, you know, and uh, you got to plan accordingly. Too many people rely on too many outside resources of comfort these days. That's the thing, man. I'll tell you, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I, Bedros and I have kind of, I mean, we, you know, I still do things for him, but I don't work full time for him. Um, scared shitless, scared shitless, you know, starting in March, I've been on my own. And I mean, I've had some big, you know, for me, big months. Um, 
you know, hit up Wes Watson and said, Hey man, I had my first $30,000 month, I had my first $40,000 month. And you know what he says? Motherfucker hit me when it's 60, 70 and 80. And I'm like, yes, Roger that brother. Yeah. You know? So it's like, and you're going to hit, and you're going to hit him at 60, 70, 80. And he's going to say, hit me again when it's a hundred, hit me again when it's 120. But it's not bragging, you know, I'm proud, but I put in the work, you know, and people are like, Oh, you make all that money. Even when you make all that money, you don't make all that money, right? Money goes into things, right? I've got people that help me do things now. You know, I've got a team. I've got a design team for this. I've got a guy that just did a intro for me, you know, $1,000 here, $2,000 there, and taxes, this, that. You know, it's like, you got to earn, man. You 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 got to have that yearn to earn. I fucking love it too, man. And the one, you know, I know we're sitting here telling, this is what I will tell each and every person here that is, driving or striving to get out of their shell, be an entrepreneur, open their own line of cigars or everything is, dude, I say this all the time. I bet on me, like never bet against me, never fucking bet against me. I will not, I won't lose because I only win and learn, you know? Um, I've made a few mistakes with Bedros Coin and Dan Fleshman before in business. It's cost some money. Um, I didn't lose. I learned because I fucking didn't do it again. Yeah. Um, and I've taken those lessons that I've learned in my real life and I make sure that I don't do those. But people that lose are people that continually continually do the same thing over and over in a bad way, right? Just like, eh, okay, you know, whatever. I'm not going to do that or I'm going to show up late. I'm going to show up late. I'll get fired from this job. I'm going to go to another job and do the same fucking thing. Or somewhere, somehow that internal switch just turns on and, you know, there's a time, a point in every human being's life where they go, enough. I'm tired of being average. I'm tired of being mediocre. You know, because people ask me all the time, Cash, what keeps you moving? What keeps you motivated? And I hate the word motivated. I, I have that motivational speaker. I am not a motivational speaker, brother. My my goal is I break beliefs in people, discipline and accountability. That's what I do. Motivation gets you moving. Discipline gets it done. I don't yeah. give a shit. You can... You can listen to a Jocko or a David Goggins book and you're going to want to run through a wall. But if you haven't trained to run through that wall, all you're going to do is hit that wall and knock yourself out. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think versus um, getting up every day. I think, listen, I just listened to Dave's latest book. Great book. Great fucking book. Um, it's a great fucking book. And you have to apply. And I do. I, it's funny because Dave and I do a lot of the same things. We have a lot of the, the similarities, you know, childhood and things like this. And I do the same thing that he does. I love the hate. You know, I didn't at first, but I'm telling you, every single name, I mean, I've named out some big names, the Priscilla's, everything. They're like, Ray, if you're getting hate, you're doing it right. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and finally, even Tim Tim Kennedy's like, you know, because I do I do a course with Tim Kennedy and Michael Chandler. And they're like, dude, you're 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 blowing up. And I was like, thanks. And then Tim pulls me aside and goes, How much hate shit you get? I'm like, oh my God, I get banned because people are like, you know. This, this, and I'm like, motherfucker, you just, he's like, you got to ignore it. You got to ignore it. Yeah. So. I mean, it happens to us all the time too with, with like, we get so, we post a video that goes viral and we get so much hate comments and all, oh, you guys are this and you guys are that and you don't know what you're talking about. You think you're this. And I, and then, you know, we go back to it and say, listen, if, if, if you're not getting the haters, then you're not doing something right, right? No doubt. People are people only hate they hate you because they ain't you, they right? Ain't That's what we right. And and what you said too about the I remember you told us this the first time we met you is that there's W's and there's L's in this life. There's wins and then there's lessons, right? And you had just touched on it That's again. It, man. I don't I don't lose. Absolutely, it's only quit. it's I'm only just, a I'm loss or it's only a failure if you don't learn from it, 
Right? If you if you do now, something you shouldn't have done and then you don't learn from it, you keep doing it over and over and over again, then it becomes a loss or failure. But if you learn from it, don't do it again. It just becomes a lesson. And you just, and now you're next level up. You do something wrong, you learn from it, next level up, and you keep moving forward. Now, the funny thing is, is I put a post up not too long ago and I told everybody I'm the world's biggest quitter. You know, I... I've quit a lot of the toxic things that I did in my life. I quit a lot of the toxic people in my life. I taught, I quit a lot of all the toxic entities in my life. So in all actuality, I'm proud to be a quitter. What I do is I just take, I take a negative and I turn it into a positive, you know, like, um, you win or I always say it, you lose. They're like, no, you learn. You only lose if you quit, but you just said you're a quitter. Well, but I'm quitting the right things, right? You know, I, I tell, you know, I, I know I've, I've got a couple clients that they're like, you know, a couple guys are addicted to porn. How often do you look at porn? Probably 20 minutes a day. Well, shit, motherfucker, you're over the 100, 100 hours that you need to be. That means you're probably 95%, you know, you're 95% better at watching porn than everybody else. Is that what you, if you die tomorrow, is that what you want to be 95% better than? Mm. Or do you want to be like, you know, some of these guys are fathers. How about read a book on how to be a better father? Read for 18 minutes a day. Um, do some self meditation for 18 minutes a day. Go for your, go on a walk with your family and talk to them for 18 minutes a day. If you're going to, if you're going to do something, you want to be, you know, 95% better than everybody else, then make it something impactful. And, and the only way that you're going to do that is what I tell each and every one of my clients is you have to figure out what your zone of genius is. Everybody's a subject matter expert in something, right? I mean, I, myself, Goggins, Jocko, Redmond, we all say the same thing. We just say it a different way. You know, um, though, you know, Mark Devine, the OG of it all, you know, seal fit. I might be doing some stuff with him. Idolize this guy, Commander Devine. He was just like, you know, we just need some fresh blood. You say it with a lot more F's and this and that. But he goes, but you're saying the same message as me. I'm not the most eloquent guy. Goggins isn't the most eloquent guy. Either is Jocko, but I think our, those, there are people in the world that still want the directness, you know, the, you know, the in your face, the loud, the bold, the brash. And we need it, man, because that's what this fucking country was founded on. Just a bunch of badass human beings that took chances, you know, and it, the definition of an, of an entrepreneur is someone who gets up and takes risk. Every single human being on planet Earth gets up and takes a risk because every night you go to bed may not wake up. That happened to a friend of mine. So... I think we throw the words around a little bit. We don't, you know, we throw the words like entrepreneur around, hero around, you know. I'm not an entrepreneur yet. I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur, man. I'm, I'm, I'm finding out where I'm at. I'm 51 and I'm just, just switching into a different gear. I got a lot more fucking gears to come, man. Like I said, <laughs> um, and I, I am, I, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm, but I'm also greedy. I'm greedy with my why, you know, my why is me. Um, everybody's why is their family. It's this, it's that. Um, one of the biggest things that I teach is you are never going to be a better version of you unless your why is you. Mm. Right? Like, I want to be a better father. Okay. I want to be a better husband, a better lover, a better protector, a better provider. Well, what are you doing with your self-help to make that better? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you're an asshole of a father, and you're not doing anything to improve yourself and you're trying to spend more time with your kids, they're probably getting more annoyed because you're just being a bigger asshole around them. Mm. versus taking time 
and really dissecting what the problem is, maybe getting some help, maybe reading a book, um, maybe doing what we do in my family, which has been very helpful. We have an, a weekly AAR, after action report. Tell me one thing that I did good, two things that I can do better. I always want to know what I can do better. A real alpha, and that's male or female, wants and needs to know what they can do to be better. A beta just goes, yeah, I'm happy. This is this is it. This is as good as it gets. Yeah. I'm never going to fucking peak, man. Never. So <clears throat> speak. So staying on that point of getting where you want to yep. go, you know, when you so when you worked with Bedros, what it was the MDK project, correct? Is that I still do that? I just don't do it. I'm just not full time with them. But yes, I'm still the lead instructor for it. Yes. So what? At what point or where were you in your own mindset or personal journey where it was like I want to start my own my own thing now and grow? You know, what what, what were you thinking? You know, what yeah. was the process of that like? Well, <laughs> I could sit here and tell you a cool story, but I'm not going to lie. Um, Bedros told me it was time. Like, you know, he said, you can, you can, you can only train, you know, I've, I've taught you what you need to know. Obviously he's not going to teach me everything. Dan Fleshman works with me. I do some stuff with Dan now too. Um, but I think that's the true sign of a great leader when he realizes his soldier, he's taking his soldier as far as he can and says, listen, I'm going to release you into the wild, right? Like I'm, I'm an injured bird. Pretty much that's what I was. I was a fucking injured animal. Um, through childhood, through war, through battle. Um, and he got me dialed in, got me where I need to be physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, got me out of the red with emotional discipline, emission, emotional discipline 2.0, got me out of the blue, got me in the green where I need to be. Um, purpose driven, not passion driven, taught me the ins and out about business, how to close. I can fucking sell. <laughs> I could sell a condom to a nun. I, that's a horrible <laughs> thing to say, but you know, that's a horrible thing to say. We're probably going to get banned for it, but um, you know, so we're it, already getting banned because we're smoking cigars. So <laughs> that's well, already going to be banned. But a salesman isn't a salesman. A salesman is a storyteller. Yes, absolutely. All I got to do is be able to tell a story that's relatable to people. But that's what life's about. That you know, I'm a people person. I try to relate to as many people as I can. And Bedro said, "You have a gift for that, and it's time to take that gift on your own." Um, no hard feelings. I still do. We still do things together. But my main income right now is, you know, me. Team fucking care. Um, I may be also taking over um, part of a gun company, the C-suite position. I want to do what uh, Matt Schneider. Have you had Matt Schneider on this podcast? No, we've not. Not, not yet. You're going to write in One of Pedro's guys. You should have him. It's fucking amazing. Matt Schneider. I'll do an intro. Yeah, please do. Extra. He's making an extra forty thousand dollars a month, a month coaching wow. part time. I'm just like, so he's got the best of the stability, and he's got that, you know. I and I like that. Now I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at that model. Or you know, Wes is like, dude, you could be making fucking two hundred thousand dollars a month if you just start really dialing in the coaching. I'm like, ah, I'm a risk taker. I've taken a lot of risk in my days, and as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm I like not settling. You know, but I want to make X amount of dollars with a full time job. You know, and I, I like I like that thirty to forty extra a month. That, that puts me where I need to be. I'm a, I'm a very you know comfortable now. Other opportunities and investments and things come my way, which we don't talk about. But I have a, you know I like to have that little bit of a nest egg. And um, I live in a I have a beautiful wife, stay at home mom. Um, it's one of my 
wishes that I asked her to do. And she's a great stay-at-home mom. Um, she's got the toughest fucking job in the world. My daughter's 14 and people are like, when are your wife going to go back to work? I'm like, hopefully never. Mm. Hopefully fucking never. I don't know who's driving by my house. We live in a beautiful neighborhood. Someone's got the music going loud. Um, but, you know, I come back from a trip. We spend time together, you know, a little quality time. We'll leave that, you know, that's the show. I'm ready for that. Um, I spend time with my family, you know, I mean, she goes out and has brunch with her girlfriend. She works out every day. She fucking looks great. That works for us, man. But it allows me, while she's home taking care of my most prized possession, my daughter, my son's grown. He lives on the West Coast and fucking grind, man. I mean, sure, I always worry as a male, as a father, as a human. But I can fucking grind. And she's great, man. I mean, I, I'm doing, I do these amazing gigs. There's certain gigs, like she likes hanging out with Bob. She likes Kid Rock and um, certain other people, you know. But other than that, she's like, yo, I'm good. You know, just make sure I, you know, I got but I, the time that I have when I come home, it's got to be quality time, you know, really pouring myself into her um, and just drills that I've learned, you know, like, have a date night once a week with your with your wife. If you have a daughter, have a date night with your daughter. Mm. Um, go for walks. You know, the one of the biggest communication drills that I teach is with your significant other. And listen, guys, I don't care. Not, I'm not saying you, but humans. I don't care if you are straight, bi, I don't care. Whoever your significant other is, go for a walk if like you have the income role or you know, you're doing more than them, or vice versa. And just, you know, I always do this. How was your day? She goes, good. Like, that's like talking to my daughter. What'd you do? Stuff. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> really? Tell me about your day. Why I worked out. Okay. What did you do? Did you do a hit? Did you do a this? Did you do that? Did you do the bottom? And then all of a sudden she's like, wow, you're really interested in this. I'm like, yeah. So next thing you know, this walk turns into a 20 minute walk, which turns into, hey, why don't we go get some brunch? Right. So that talk, that communication drill just turned into a date. A date. Yeah. Like, it's not even a scheduled date. And it was so simple. So simple. So simple. So, and and I got to tell you this, I get so engulfed with work. I can't believe I'm going to say this. My wife listens to this. So, you know, (laughs) my, we have family. If you have kids, you know, there's windows of opportunity that you can have with your family. I didn't hear my wife come home. I'm up sending out invoices, 7,510, you know, sending out all my invoices to people that owe me money. And I hear it all of a sudden I get this, hey, and I'm like, hey, where are you? She goes, I've been home for 45 minutes. And I'm like, wait a minute, you got to now go get our daughter in 15 minutes. She goes, yeah, you missed your window. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so <laughs> with that being said, gentlemen, um, make sure you do. I Now I do like 15 minute perimeters around the house. Make yep. sure she's home. <laughs> That's the great. Story, That's the great. point to that being serious is we get so engulfed in work that we don't sometimes really stop and listen or hear or understand what the significant other is going through. I apologize. She was like, no, I'm not mad. I said, no. And I told her, I said, it was completely insensitive of me. I I let the time go, but I used to sit, the other office was over the garage so I could hear the garage. Your house is kind of big. So it's all the way on the other side. So I didn't hear the garage come open and I didn't even hear, we just got all the doors redone. There's no squeaking. So I'm like, well, I'm going to just turn and burn. And when I turn and burn now, a lot of the things, lessons that I've learned is cell phone is down, watch is off. And all I do is like my cell phone, I'll put like 
I will dedicate myself to, you know, certain block of something for 45 minutes to an hour. No distractions. I won't answer the phone. I won't do anything unless it's like my wife calling, right? I have a separate, that's a separate thing. So I had no concept of time. Um, even though I have, it says 1745 here and 1745 here, man, I've got the, you know, I've got the 50 year old glasses on. I'm just, <laughs> right? You're just crunching away. Get everything done because it's all about, life's all about time management, right? It's about the balance, right? The juggle, if you will. We're going to Miami um, day after, you know, we've got like 20 people coming to the house for Easter and we have someone, you know, that gets all cleaned up. And then we are flying down to Miami, direct flight, you know, and like, and this is what I like about being an entrepreneur, man. Three years ago, if you would have talked to me, man, we were flying coach. We ain't doing that shit no more. Hold on. Nope. I almost said the word. I didn't say it. <laughs> I don't say that. I was thinking, of, woman. Oh, I, said, I said no. Just, just spend a three thousand dollars. But, but, too many people go through life with too many butts. Just, we'll make it. We'll make it. You know, going down there, rent the cabana. Didn't realize how much fuck cabana was, but we got a cabana for one day. It's reasonable. You know, we rented a nice car. We're gonna go check in some sites. I want the girls to go shopping. But me spending, you know, and just I want people to understand this. And I know this sounds sounds materialistic. Me spending six, seven thousand dollars created a memory. And I'm not saying like, cause I don't do this with my girls a lot. You know, I'm always on the road, but a lot of successful people said, Ray, you're really starting to climb the ladder, but what are you doing with them? And I'm like, shit. Like, you know, my, my wife's got a Tahoe that's got 160,000 miles on it. And Pedro's is like, what the fuck are you buying her new vehicle? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, didn't she want that new Lincoln Aviator? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I can buy it. And I'm like, you're right. So I told my wife, you know, I, I saw what she wanted, got the vault in it and all this stuff. And we ordered it. You know, we get, we get some deals with some people that we know. And she was like, uh, and I'm like, yeah, we'll figure it out, man. I think if people, if you just have a passion for the grind, you will always figure it out. Even with, it's so easy. I think it's never been easier to make money in the economy right now because so many people don't want to work. Mm -hmm. Fuck. If I need to go make money, I'll just get a job working at a restaurant. Nobody fucking wants to work there. You're right. 100% we went to right. There's no service. Some girl just quit. She just walked out. You didn't even think about quitting a job when you were a kid. You were honored to have that job. That's what America needs. We need to find, we need to rekindle that American torch that all of us are born with instead of this, you know, and us and I'm going to fucking... You know, I'll give you, the, I'm going to say this. And I'm so fucking furious about it. You know, the transfer that just killed the six individuals in Tennessee. God bless the six that, right? Absolutely. Love Absolutely. Press, press secretary, whatever, for the president got on and gave her condolences to the transgender community. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a dead yeah, shame. I don't know what's don't going even, on. Don't even get me started. Me? Yeah. Don't even get me started with it. I get so angry. I see this shit every day. It's <laughs> don't like, even get me started, man. Every day I'm like, What? How does that make sense? What? What is going on? Not not the six not the six lives that were taken by the shim. And listen, I don't give a shit what your pre your sexual preference is. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I could care less, right? I love and hate. If if you're a great human being, I will love you. If you're a jerk, I don't care what genitalia you have. I'm not going to like you. But taking other people's lives, innocent people, because you can't figure out your shit. No. It's Absolutely unacceptable. Not. You know, and a lot of this shit doesn't happen in other countries because the government 
doesn't allow the media mainstream to do and get away with the shit they do. We are literally just being like, look at us. It's yeah. like almost cool to go out and hurt people now. Innocent kids. You know, the shit that we allow as a, as a community, as a civilization on this side of the world is ridiculous because that shit doesn't happen on the other side. Trust me, brother. You're 100% that shit right. Doesn't happen. No doubt. It's a bunch, it's a bunch of, of. I know we got sheeple. off the business side, but. No, no, just, no, no. Listen, I, I, it's okay. you're 100% right. So pissed off about this. You're 100% right. It's a bunch of, uh, sheeple that just cannot think for themselves, just want to be fed information. And the media almost glorifies and they know that you're going to get yes. attention when you do X, Y, and Z, or if you're part of the X, Y, and Z community, you're going to get glorified and attention. And they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to be part of that. It's like, no, why don't you, why don't you talk about and give your condolences to the families that have been hurt? Not for the person that is completely mentally ill and has problems with their own thing. We're going to glorify that person. No, absolutely yeah. fucking not. You should send your condolences. You should go to every single one of those families and say, listen, is there anything we can do? To, like, we're so sorry about this. I'm, I, my condolences, my prayers go out to you and your family. Is there anything we can do to, to help this, to help the situation? No, they're going to glorify and say, you know what? We should really talk about the trans community. Are you fucking kidding me? And, I mean, it, it infuriates me, you know? And, and then they're going to say, oh, we're going to talk about Trans Awareness Day. Are you fucking kidding it's me? Such a, and it's such a minuscule population of this group. It's such a small, minuscule group, and it in in the worlds of people who don't, you know, in the younger generation, the people that are growing up, they they feel like, or at least I think, they think it's like the whole country is almost this trans community when it's a very small community. Most people are mom and dad, boy and girl. You know why? Why are we making something that's so? We small? allow six percent of the nation to rule us. That's what we're doing. Yeah, right exactly. Six percent of the nation. And to your exactly. point too. To exactly. your point too is it doesn't matter. Like in this specific case, right? It was a trans person that killed six um, innocent people. There was three adults and three children. Yeah. Not only like six yes. adults, three children. children that haven't even had a chance to live their lives yet. You took their lives in cold blood with no with no reason, right? But in this specific case, it was a trans person, six innocent people, right? And then they say, oh, well, we need respect for the trans community. Regardless of what, what it could have been. Now, I'm German, right? It could have been a German person that killed six people, and they would have said, oh, well, we need respect for the German people. No, fuck no. You need respect for the people that were murdered in cold blood, all right? And to your point, it doesn't matter who it was, right? If you're gay, straight, bisexual, transsexual, if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian, if you're, if you're European, if you're tall, if you're short, if you're fat, whatever. If you're a good person and you're, you have a good character and you're a nice person, I'll be nice to you. If you're a dick, if you're an asshole, I'm, I'm not going to like you. Yeah. Right. But in this specific case, it happened to be trans against six people and they're like glorifying the trans community. That's not right. That is not right. That is I, absurd. I feel like we're always we've been living in the twilight zone for years, and it's I'm just like I can't imagine the younger generation growing up because I it, it's got to be super confusing because I grew up it was like red blooded Americans, you know, mom, dad, go to war, fight for the country, protect your rights, you know, love this country, do everything you can to defend your family. And now it's kind of like, uh, well, did the family, you know, what did the family think? Uh, did they feel okay about it? And it's like. Why did, what is going on? And, what are the basic elements of and too many go? Too many people. I think one of the, the, the um, downsides, right? Now, now, social media is a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing where we can connect with so many people globally, right? It's it's our business, right? A podcast and social media, it's, it's our business. And we utilize it, social media, for our business. So that's where it's a blessing. But the curse 
And the downside of it is that it's created all of this attention, all of these attention seeking individuals that need and crave the approval of all of their peers. They need the likes. They need the, the satisfaction. They need people to approve what they're doing. It's like, do you said, I don't give a shit what other, this is my business partner. To be quite honest, I don't really give a shit what he thinks about. The only people that I care about is what my wife thinks. That's the only person I want to make proud of me, to make proud, is my wife. I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks of what I'm doing my, with my life. As long as my wife is proud of me, and even like, you know, your parents, right? I would obviously, I want to make my parents proud. They raised me to who I am. But at the end of the day, it's my wife, right? And I don't have kids yet, but when I have kids, it's me, my wife, and my kids. What they think of me, and are they proud of me? But everybody nowadays, they want the attention and they want, they crave likes from random people they've never met who are probably sitting in their parents' bedrooms uh, craving the likes. Mm-hmm. I go, just take a step back and think about what you're saying. You want likes from a random person that you're never going to meet that is not paying your bills. They're not helping you in any way, but you're going to be, you're going to be dissatisfied with your life because they didn't like your post. Are you kidding me? It's the level of narcissism in this country and in this world is through the roof, I believe. Everyone thinks they're a big deal. Everyone thinks they're important. And can someone explain to me whose fucking great idea was it in Anheuser-Busch to throw a transgender face on a beer can after this happened? Great question. Again, it's it's marketing. I went to, you know, community college 101 class marketing 101. Know your audience. Know who your, your target audience is to sell to. And if you're Bud Light, you should know who your audience <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I wonder again, what happened to their stock value yeah, after that. Again, a trans, the trans community is such a small, small... Who knows if they even drink beer? Why Why take that risk? Why do that? What is, what is that going to bring you? Yeah, you're going against the 80% of Americans <laughs> that drink Bud Light, and you're going to you're gonna support this 1%? Yeah, it's, it's bizarre, man. It's so bizarre. I'll never drink their beer again because they put a transgender on there. I'll never drink their beer again because it's a disrespect to the humans that that trans, like you just yes. don't do that. Like yes. that would be yes. like Hitler 100%. doing his thing and you putting up a, 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 a picture of Hitler. On. It's ridiculous. Exactly. And no that was doubt. what I was saying before no is it, it's not the fact, it's not the fact that it's the trans community in this specific case. It happened to be a trans against the six people. And then they were supporting trans. Like you said, if it was, I said, if it was a German against this, and then all of a sudden they're going to put a German flag on their beer can, that's that's yep. that is just horrible. That is horrific. Why would you do that? And that have- basically means if if I'm just thinking logically about this scenario and all the information that's at hand, in this case you have person X killed all these people, and then over here you're going to put person X his face on the can. That means you're supporting the murder of these six people. No, that's what that's what's that's going on in my brain. And there's no and there's no but there's no there's no like I mean at least that I see there's no uproar no outrage kind of. You know, there's obviously people upset about it like us, but there's other people that are just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, on, on, on to the next. What about the fact that, that it was no a Christian? What about the fact that yeah. it was a Christian a Christian school? No doubt. Why is it not labeled as a hate crime? Or why are we not talking about how this was a Christian targeting and you're targeting the Christian religion? I'm Christian. He's Christian. I don't know if, if I don't know if you're Christian. I'm I'm Christian. Why are they not targeting it as a hate crime, saying this is a, a crime against Christians? Everyone's, pro- you know, the media and the society's priorities are all, I mean, stuff we already know, all screwed up, all out of whack. And it's like I can't even turn on my phone, my TV oh, without I know. something just like getting me going. Cause it, and it's never used to be like this. I used like, 
I mean, there's always something going on. You're, you're getting angry at something. You, you see something, you're getting like, me, getting me heated right now. Yeah, you know, and, and it's bizarre, <laughs> it's, man. It's it's crazy. That's why we got cigars to kind of relieve us. Yes, exactly. Relieve us, right. Stress, That's, you know, keep us down. But you know, to go off topic, I was going to say, let's take a little twist here. I wanted to. I, I never asked you about this last time, but I knew um, you were on a couple different films, and specifically yes. Captain Phillips. I wanted to know. You know, how'd you get in that? You know, how'd you get there, and what was your role in it? Because I remember I watched Captain Phillips a few times, and I'm like, am I gonna see Ray anywhere? Like, is he in the background? Is he one of the guys that saves Captain Phillips? You know, what was that? What was that uh, avenue like? So I started off as an extra. Um, I was working up at the the farm, which is a shooting range for the agency. Um, and then, long story short, I applied, tried out for the position for the part that I want to get it. They offered me X amount of dollars, which was nowhere near what I was making as a firearms instructor. So I said, nah, I'm good. Um, I had a gentleman by the name of one of Dana Bernetti's staff call me back and say, hey, they really liked you. We heard you make X amount of dollars. We want to give you an extra $50 a day if you'll come and do this for two weeks. I said, shit, yeah, let's do it. Um, showed up. And the one guy who was supposed to get the role, I had something happen. Um, they introduced me to the I met Dana Vernetti on set. We had a lot in common. We both had a Range Rover HSEs. He had a, a 69 Fastback original numbers. I had a 70 Bronco, not matching numbers. Um, <laughs> I had a daughter. He was going to have a daughter. Long story short, we start talking. He goes, hey, I really like kind of your personality. I'd like you to go put on your little uniform, and then I want to try something. I was like, what the fuck did you say to me? Little, you know, little uniform. My, my, yeah, you know, putting on the, the, uh, the outfit or – you know, our camis is what it would be called. Um, so I do that, come up, he goes, I want to introduce you to somebody. He goes, Hey, this is Tom Hanks. I was like, no fuck shit. <laughs> uh, ran through a couple lines. I'm good friends with his son. I talked, I talked to his son yesterday. Um, and which, which son, uh, the, uh, the actor or the rapper? Chet. Chet. Got it. Got it. So, um, he was actually in, uh, uh, the movie with the submarines with his dad. The light, the Greyhound. Okay. Justin's actually never. Seen I've it. actually never seen the movie. I've seen. Showing. I've seen the clip. I've. I actually just watched the clip on your on so your I'm website. In I'm in that movie three times, but you got to watch real fast or I'm gone. So jocking up, I'm putting on a wetsuit. I grab the bad guy and bring him over to the boat, and at the end, I say, "Are you okay?" And I walk Tom to, um, on the bridge or the deck of the ship to the medical facility. That's it. All right, I'm going to have to watch because I was watching the, the clip. It was a clip on your website, and I was watching. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And then uh, Eric, uh, Eric was saying, oh, you got to watch no this beard. movie. Okay, so you had no, no beard. beard. Oh, that's okay. Maybe that's why I missed it. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And there was a guy. In the, I'm like, that kind of looks like him, but there's no beard. I don't know. So uh, that must have been him. Just look for a handsome guy with no beard. Deal. I'm gonna yeah. have to. I'm gonna have to watch it. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I can't believe you. You know, you're such a movie. Yep. Guy. You know what? I I, it's been on. I, I've been wanting. I've been wanting to. Um, I've been wanting to watch it, and then I just kind of, you know, it came out. And I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be a really good movie. I want to watch it." And yeah, then it kind of came and went, and I haven't watched it. But uh, is is uh is Tom Gank Tom Hanks a good guy in person as he is on camera? Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, um, you know, he loves boats, talks about Greece, loves his family. Um, we were doing some stuff, and we he had a yacht, like a boat, one that he would go eat on. And he was going to have us come eat with him because uh, me and the guy Hamster, uh, Keith, the two SEALs that were actors, and they were going to have the boat go over and they wouldn't let um, 
they wouldn't let the ship guys go over and eat there. They would just let us drop off. So I had a shit ton of chicken and Tom's like, what do you got in there? And I'm like, I got chicken. He's like, well, I guess I'm not eating steak and lobster. Let's go. So we all, I had like, all, I had a big six pack cooler and all of us ate that. No way. He's a real cool guy. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, he, he, you know, super nice guy. He met my wife, uh, met my daughter. Um, Does he smoke cigars? Yeah, huh? Does he smoke cigars? He didn't then. Um, I don't, I don't know him well enough that to do that. Um, I've lived, I lived with his son and Mike O'Hearn a couple times. And, um, I've been on a couple stages where Chet's been there. Um, wait, cause he's a big Wes Watson follower, yeah. you know, just, he just got his little Lamborghini and wears his black. looks just like, just <laughs> looks just like Wes. I love it. So I want, I wanted to ask actually, cause I, I saw a, a post of, um, you going through a back workout with Michael Hearn, and I used to, I, you know, I followed Michael Hearn for for quite some time, and he's just a back from his American Gladiator days, and he is just yeah. an absolute animal, just just a built like a Greek yeah. god, basically looks like a Greek god with the chiseled, you know, bone yeah. strong. I'm like, this guy's like a Greek god right here, um, and I followed his power his power bodybuilding um, uh, program. Uh, which was uh, like a blend between powerlifting and bodybuilding. Oh yeah, um, yeah, of course. So what what was it like? That, you know, what kind of workout? Because it's 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 I imagine it's a totally you know different workout. There, that's his. You know, like you said, your area yeah, of that's expertise. His, that's, that's his. Like, that's his reign. That's his. That's his universe. It's very slow. Lots of rest. Um, things I'm not used to doing, but yeah. So how was that? How was that going through it? Since it's a totally different style of working out than you're used to. You know, I mean, you get a pump, but I just like I like sweating a lot more. I'm used to like you know like moving fast and quick and you know burning a lot of calories. But you know, I'm good friends with him and Phil Heath. What they do isn't it's you know muscle contracting is what they're doing, right? And uh, Mike breaks it down. He's so educated on everything and he just every fiber and every muscle twitch and every single thing that you're doing strand he's breaking it down and explain to you and he's got a way of explaining it to you so you understand it because i mean he's pretty much like a doctor you know like yeah. the way he explains everything <laughs> mike break it down for me and he's just like you know i'm in a, you know he's just he's got a way phil heath is the same way very very knowledgeable very humble um you know, how you kill Michael Hearn is going to a room with 50 people and all of them turn their back and ignore him. He wouldn't know what to do. Like, <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike comes down to the ranch where we do his stuff with Dan Fleshman. Uh, he was just down there with Little Titan, who's almost my size now. I think he's going on four. Um, he's going to be like, I guess he's structured to be like six, eight. Um, wow. And Mona, you know, Mona's was Miss like Romanian Universe or whatever. She's stunning. She's enormous. Um, they're just a great, great family. Very down to earth. You know, they're not high maintenance at all. I mean, you know, Mike ha he takes his meals with him and stuff and eats very clean. But other than that, man, he is the biggest goofball that you'll ever meet. You know, I tell him, what's it like? What's it feel like to be the third best looking Irishman on planet Earth? Me, Rob O'Neill, and then him. And he just laughs. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, he's he's got a heart of gold. He'll stop everything for you. I mean, I'll call him and he answers. We're great friends. We talk all the time. And I get a lot of, um, cause I'm doing some different things with working out and stuff. And it doesn't matter my world or his world. You know, it's, he's very knowledgeable. So he knows, he knows the kind of stuff I do and the fast, fast action, fast twitch. And he just doesn't, you know, he just depends on where he's at and his routine of doing it. So he, he gives me like just advice for free. It's awesome. I'm like, 
you know, fucking Mike O'Hearn, you know, I mean, training with him, um, it's, it was one of my bucket list, you know, I got him, I got to uh, work out with Stallone a little bit. They were two of my biggest bucket list for fitness guys. Cause I'm good friends with Gunnar Peterson, um, who's a legend in the fitness community. I love him, but yeah, it was more of just trying to sit there and like, you know, keep your stomach tight, your chest out and look cool, but don't look too excited. Um, that, that was the hardest part of it, but Mike makes you feel real comfortable, you know, like, I mean, cause you know, he wanted to work out early. I got up, I was staying at Bedros's guest house. I get up at like three in the morning to get there. And, you know, he's like, Hey, there's no traffic in the morning. I'm like, but there could be a fucking tornado. I mean, this is my chance to lift with Michael Hearn. And, you know, I'm sitting there super early and it was a great workout him. Um, and I can't remember the guy's name. He's a chiropractor that does some funny ass skits. Guy strong as shit. Um, I have to look, I just call him doc, but he's a, a real famous chiropractor. Um, and he has like these two guys that just train with him. Like they were like, Hey, can we train with you? And he's like, show up every day and you can, and they do. Um, now, is it true? Is I'd it true? He, uh, with him. is it true that he doesn't really warm up? No, he just kind of goes right into, he just went right into it. Yeah. I've seen that too, that he, he's like, he goes, he, he says that he likes to warm up. Like for instance, okay, let's say you're doing bench press, right? Most people, okay, you'll do, you know, maybe you'll take the bar, right? You'll do some, but then you'll do some stretches, right? Maybe you'll do some internal, external rotations with your with your um, uh, rotator cuff, right? You do some face pulls. You'll warm up your lats a little bit. You'll do, maybe do, you kind of warm up, do some push-ups. Mike's like, no. He, go, he goes, I warm up through the movement. If I'm doing bench press, he goes, then I will go into bench press and I'll take the, I'll do some bar. I'll put some weight on. I'll do some more with the weight. He goes, but he only warms up through like the through the movement that he's about to do i'm like wow that's great and it you can't argue with the results i mean yeah 100 percent. no do you do you um because when we first met you had the uh the merch line uh conquer you had the skull it said conquer on it i bought a that was my gym hat so i wore it to the gym every day do you still have do you still have that that uh that clothing company is that still one of your? No, stuff? I kind of shut after COVID and everything. I shut it down. You know, I had I had a little bit of PTFO, put the fuck out, which means be a better human. If I come out with a new shirt right now, I'm probably going to do two shirts. One's the cockweed, which is my spirit animal, and one guy just wrote ice. I self-identify as a cockweed. <laughs> that has to be a shirt. I have cockroach. That has to be a shirt. I'm I self-identify as a cockweed. Even... That's got to be a shirt. Yep. No. He actually said he made one. I got I got to figure out a way to make one on a good shirt and do that. I got I don't know how to. I got to figure that out. And then um, I would put I bet on me. So just keep it real simple. You know I bet on me always or always bet on me. You know because I don't lose. I only learn. That's, that's just, I would. That's I would, how it's got to be. Man. If you come out with those shirts, let us know. Still than I was last. Time. You come out with that shirt, let us know. I, w- I want one of those shirts. I bet on me. I like that shirt. You are you. I've always I've always heard this, and I've said this is that you are the best investment that you can make. Mm-hmm. You invest in yourself, and you will get the best return out of it. And, and when I do agree. you? When you, do you are um, the, yeah. When I, do you? I always, when do you go to? Uh, where are you on on vacation? Is that in the next couple of weeks? Miami. No, I was gonna, um, I was say on, day after day after Easter, we're going to Miami. Oh, uh, all right. I was going to say we can try and send you some blueprints before your vacation, some cigars, but. I don't think it'll get to you in time. Well, well no, oh. day day after uh, day after Easter, mm-hmm. we could. I mean, what's tomorrow? Thursday. Yep. Can overnight them to them. 
I mean, I, actually, you know what? After this, let's get uh, give me your address. I'll overnight them to you because I got to go to the post office tomorrow anyway. So yeah, we'll send you we'll send you some of our uh, our cigars Sounds to blueprint. Good. With them. I'll we'll take some down to Miami. Yeah, you got you got to take Miami, some blueprints. Miami, man. I'm gonna be down there with David. Still it. All right, no doubt. But I think I think we're coming to the close here. Uh, and we had at least a little over an hour of your time, which we truly appreciate. It's always good catching up with you. We're glad you're back on here. We hope to meet you in person sometime. Yeah, most definitely. I, I got to tell you, you live in Virginia Beach. I, w- I just drove down to South Carolina. Uh, Virginia has got a shit ton of fucking traffic. I, I couldn't believe how much traffic there was. Where are you guys out of? We're in New York. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always up in New York. I'm up there with Dr. Gabriel. I, just, I do the Hudson River swim every year. I'm up- oh, okay. Always up there. Yeah, we're right outside the city. So I'm yeah. going to be up in Long Island. Um Nana, what's it called? Nanatuck? Nana, Nanatuck, yeah. Uh, Nan- Nanatuck. I'm going to be up there the 18th through or 18th through the 21st with HBLT, Smashing Souls at the Real Nice Resort right there. In uh, in April? In May. Okay, I'll I'll be I'll be back. I'm actually I'm going to uh to Italy May 1st to the 15th. Uh, my wife and I are spending two weeks in Italy for our honeymoon. Yep. So I will be back. I'll be back on the fifteenth. So if you're there, eighteenth to the you said eighteenth to the twenty fourth. Yeah, we'll let, have to link up for yeah, sure. Definitely let us know. Uh, you know, if, if you have time, if you're not too busy, we'd love to meet up with you. Have a cigar. That'd be awesome. Sounds good. Let's do it. No doubt. All right. Well, Mr. Ray Cash Care, the man himself. Thank you for coming on the Burndown Podcast again. We appreciate your time. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we'll give you our signature send off. All the best. Future endeavors. Good luck with everything. Thank you again. Cheers. Chin chin and salute, my friend. Thank you, gentlemen.